We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to the Corner Podcast. Whoa, uh, whoa, uh, Dre, do I sound different? Imposter, who uh, are you? What is, calling the cops? I feel like, I mean, I know, I know, uh, you know, Kel's voice has changed throughout the uh, course of the Corner Podcast, but this is probably the biggest departure, seeing as we've completely replaced him with producer Cole Baby hanging out here with the old man Andreas Hale. Andreas, how you doing? It's fight week, so wrestling oh. is is taking a little bit of a backseat after WrestleMania season, but uh, how are you? I'm glad I picked you out of there. Kel is stuck right now in Tank Davis and uh, Ryan Garcia fight week stuff, but I plucked you out. How's it all going? Man, it's a lot. This fight is busy, but you know, we still got to talk about pro wrestling. People are like, why aren't y'all in the studio? Because um, it's, it's, it's a busy-ass week. It's a lot of shit going on. So this is fun because I get to do it with you and I don't have to get any hot takes from Kale this week in the wonderful world of pro wrestling. I mean, you know, you never know. Uh, I, I do occasionally oh, pull out some chaotic, some chaotic takes, but they're more like, I feel like I try to loop, uh, loop the uh, chaotic takes in some form of crazy ass logic. So I, you know, I, tr- I try to, you know, Kel just fires him off, you know, he's yeah, the he human hot take him. machine. We never know what he's going to say. So. Either way, though, uh, Kel and, and Big Mac were doing last week's wrestling podcast, and that was because you, sir, were in Atlanta. I want you to tell the people about how your trip was down there. There's some uh, some familiar faces in the wrestling world uh, down there with you. Yeah, so I mentioned it a couple weeks ago. Went to Atlanta, the Black Sports Business Symposium. They had a pro wrestling panel. Uh, I was a moderator, and we had Jade Cargill, Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs, Willow Nightingale and Stokely Hathaway. And we talked about diversity and inclusion in pro wrestling. The crazy thing is, is like this uh, symposium had the likes of Rich Paul, who went on right after us, uh, Don Staley, Deion Sanders, like some of the biggest names in sports. And they slapped into pro wrestling panel in there that I got to moderate, which was really dope. Um, and it was, I mean, it, it I, I guess I could say it went really well because when we did it, we had a nice little crowd, but then it just started getting bigger and bigger and bigger because, I mean, it was one of the few times that we got to see a lot of this AEW talent outside of television and talk as themselves, especially Jade. Um, 
my time with Jade, I mean, I spent a lot of time with everybody there, but if I don't, I hopefully put out some video of this, but she was just incredible. Like just as an individual, the things that she strives for, the hard work that she's put in and the things that she's had to overcome. Like she didn't have to wrestle. She's married to Brandon Phillips, who won my fantasy baseball league in 2006. Right? Like she's married to that man. He's rich. She she looks like she could be in a movie. Like she doesn't have to wrestle. And there's something that she wants to do. And she has a mother. I think her daughter's the same age as mine. So we had a kinship there. She was great. Powerhouse Hobbs was incredible. Uh, you know, we talked about him being like, you know, he, how he would have been typecast in the 80s as a big, stupid black guy in pro wrestling and how that's changed. Um, Stokely was great. He talked about some of his issues earlier in pro wrestling, like the people writing his promos for him. And he was like, "This nobody would say this. Nobody that looks like me would ever say this. Um, and Willow, what you see on TV is what you get. That girl is, she lights up a room. And and everything about her screams positivity and energy and, and just just beauty. She's fantastic. And then we get to Ricky Starks. Good old Ricky Starks. And what what happened there, Dre? Well, so when we announced the panel, the first thing I noticed was a it started as a smattering, and then it became a whole gluttony of people saying, He ain't black. What's he doing on the panel? He's not black, he's not back. So I text Ricky and I was like, you know what the first question is gonna be? What are you doing on this panel? are you black? And I was like, are you cool with that? He's like, of course I'm cool with that. Like, I want to answer this question. And for the record, yes, Ricky Starks is a black man. If you have been to new Orleans and met a Creole person, they're black. His parents are black. I found out, which I didn't know we were hanging out. Me Starks and Hobbs were hanging out in the hotel room, which is crazy. We're listening to like Christopher Williams and Albie Shore music while talking about pro wrestling. And Ricky goes, uh, he's like, you from Vegas. And I was like, yeah, and he was like, man, I lived on MLK and Cheyenne. I was like, wait, hold on, what? So Ricky Starks lived in Las Vegas for a significant amount of time. And you know, we talked about all the, the hood spots. And I was like, yo, you really are black. This is incredible. But uh, yeah, the pan- I mean, the panel went well. We re- met Rich Paul after, who saw pieces of our panel, got a picture with him, and AEW was happy. And yeah, I just want to do more shit like that. It, w- it was great to see so many aspiring people in the sports world like broadcast journalists and lawyers like they were all there and just soaking in this panel and uh yeah shout out to gregory gibson who helped put the, who put that thing together he's the organizer for that and he's got a, an undying passion for pro wrestling he'll be in vegas for double or nothing i told him he's got to come by the studio uh and catch up with this but yeah man it was a great time man and uh aw's doing the damn thing i will say this jay cargill and bianca belair are like the same person Interesting. I found this out really quick. Like just talking to them, they're saying people from like different universes. Like Bianca is like very, you know, black front face and very forward with who she is, very herself. And like Jade is the same way, but she's like married with a kid, right? And like she's new to like both of them are, are new to pro wrestling. Jade's obviously newer, but their passion for like learning and getting better is undeniable. And what they believe in when it comes to like black culture and what it believes in to being authentic. As I was like, yo, am I talking to Bianca? And like Jay was basically like, yo, I'm a big super fan of Bianca. I think she's incredible. And every time I say that, people will get upset. Like, that's your rival. I was like, no, that's like my sister. Like, I love her. I think she's she's great. So that was dope to see. I don't know if they'll ever get to work together. Maybe I'll have to figure something out. But yeah, man, that's where I was last Thursday while Big Mac and 
Kale were shooting off hot takes, probably about ridiculous shit. Probably about ridiculous shit. And uh, and at the end of the day, uh, I feel like again, it's it's the melting pot that uh, that we learned so much about around you know uh, having just come off a of mania season two and really how much crossover there is in wrestling, no matter what the company is. So like when we come on here and we go, okay, the tribalism, like it, it's not a thing. The only people that are making it a thing are fans and, 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 and the internet, a wrestling community. So it's like, guys, at the end of the day, like so many of these people are so much more similar than you think. And they are so much more in it together than you think. Uh, But ultimately reality, uh, reality uh, TV sells. So I get, that people yeah, want to try to you know it's funny add divides it's funny i'm glad you brought that up because like you know like hobbs i met hobbs through biggie and biggie's like hobbs biggest fan right and it's like they all like each other woods and cole are very close adam cole they're very close and people make these things out like you were there wally mania if you were backstage you were like these people aren't supposed to be hanging out with each other they're supposed to hate each other no it's everybody's in this business to make money. Everybody's in this business to enjoy what they do. They're just happy that they're getting money from somewhere, but nobody's like beefing with the other side. So I don't get why fans do that shit is the tribalism is the absolute worst. And I, and I hate it because I don't know why you can't just root for the people on both sides. It's stupid. It's it's like at the end of the day, we're fans of wrestling. It's not a company thing. Yeah. You know, competition at the end of the day is good it is good to have competing brands but it's because they're pushing each other to be better and ultimately when both brands are better you know the 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 audience wins so the audience might not win when things get a little crazy and out of hand and people fight after press conferences which is interesting because we're going to be talking about that a little (laughs) bit later but you know since i got you since i got you dre uh and kel's not here um Mm -hmm. you know uh we're gamers what are you playing right now resident evil 4 you're playing through resident evil 4 okay how far have you gotten i'm on chapter six okay i'm I'm playing it's funny i'm playing resident evil 4 on my ps5 and on my my xbox uh series x i'm playing resident evil 2 because i never played the remake i bought it and it just sat it, it just sat in the shrink wrap forever and one day i was like looking through everything i was like you know what I'm going to play Resident Evil 2, and Resident Evil 4 came out like a week later. So I'm playing both Resident Evils on both of my consoles, and then on my Switch, I'm playing Fire Emblem Engage, and I'm almost at the end of that long-ass fucking game. That is a long, that is a long game. That is, I mean, any of those Fire Emblems are all, it's it's Jesus all marathons, Christ. but the, the the 4 remake is is very good. It's different. There are, there are definitely parts that uh, I like more than the original, and then there are some parts that I'm like, well, I kind of, I kind of like the original better. But both are, both are amazing. So I mean, immediately as soon as yeah, the remake yeah. came out, I was like, and bye bye life. We're gonna display the play the heck out of that. So, and speaking of, where are you the, at? I am. Uh, I'm done. I, I beat RE4 remake. So uh, I beat that, Thanks. and I've jumped back into the Persona 5 Royale hole. So uh, that oh, has been. See you next year. That has been. <laughs> That has been amazing, by the way. Just incredible. Um, but yeah, also, you know, I'm just min-maxing, just trying to like, uh, you know, just up my knowledge, up my guts, you know? I'm just trying to just get better every day, you know? So, but uh, yeah, that game's not ending anytime soon. So, uh, in it for the long haul. But uh, anyways, we uh, I, I teased out earlier, uh, you know, certain wrestlers who uh, get into fights backstage, and boy, oh boy, you know, death... Taxes, have a happy tax season, by the way. Death taxes and CM Punk news. Andreas, we can't yeah. get away from this man. 
And the rumors are now starting to... uh, The the speculation is rampant that CM Punk is angling his way to a return to AEW. It sounds like there's been some talk with Warner to see about, like, okay, hey, we're thinking about bringing Punk back. Uh, There's been talk about this AEW Saturday show, and if Punk's going to be a feature on that and in a case of keeping him separate maybe from the elite there's a lot of diff- there's a lot of dialogue that is out there right now with CM Punk as there always is Dre I I I dare ask what is your take on it right now with CM Punk and where things stand with AEW Man I just want him to like if he's going to show up just show up like at this point I don't want to hear any more rumors like I, I want to be actually surprised when, when Punk does show up Um I think I, I I think I said it before, like, I never expected him to be gone forever. A lot of people was like, oh, he's done with the company. I was like, backstage fights happen all the time. None of them get publicized like this. Social media amplifies everything. Now, granted, a lot of this is on Punk for how he handled himself at the press conference to draw attention to this in the first place. But I didn't anticipate him being gone from the business. He's too valuable of a commodity for Tony Khan and company to say, like, see you later. So I expect him to come back. Now, can he bury the hatchet with Omega and the Bucks? I don't know. That's that's something that's beyond any of our pay scales. I, I think the only person that could deal with that is Tony Khan. Um, the idea of Punk on a Saturday show sounds stupid to me. In in the sense that we got to have another show to keep him away from the elite? Like, that just sounds dumb. Wrestlers hate each other and work with each other all the time. It's it's a tale as old as time. Like guys were getting potatoed in matches that didn't like each other. I've heard rumors of, I've heard, I don't want to even call them reports, sources, I guess, of wrestlers that don't like each other today that work together and they figure it out. So I don't anticipate Punk being separate. They need to figure out how to get them in a room and say, we got money to make because there's a lot of money to make. Look, Dax Harwood's a, a culprit of this too, because he's amplified a lot of this through his own podcast. And shout out to him and Matt Coon who do a tremendous job. But if FTR and Punk versus the Elite is the way to go, then go. There's way too much money on the table that you'd be leaving if that if you brought Punk back and you didn't do that. Furthermore, how big would that match be at Wembley Stadium? Man, <laughs> you want to sell some tickets? I I'd, I'd like, say. Like, if you want to sell some tickets, you massage the situation, you get them in the room, you don't report it, you make sure nobody talks about this. Because you don't, I, I don't think you want to bury the lead. I think you want this to be genuinely, like, Punk comes back, surprise, and FTR is back, clearly. And the Bucks, the Bucks and Elite still have a thing. I'm sure they're going to be done with Blackpool Combat Club by the time August rolls around. And then you have a, a six-man tag at Wembley Stadium. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. So bury the bullshit, whatever it is, you know, dogs, Ace Steel's out of here. So nobody else is getting bit. Let's, let's do some wrestling. Yeah. Let's make some money. At the, at the end of the day, right. It's like, there's obvious, there's obvious vested interest for AEW to get punk back into the fold. And that is regardless of what happened in the elite. Cause at the end of the day, right. It's like punk is the draw. Like punk brings in a shit ton of money. So at the end of the day, you have to make bygones be bygones in one way, shape or form, you know, and it it sure sounds like, I mean, you know, everyone's going to be reading into every little tweet that comes through with uh, members of the elite or people who are closer to punk 
Um, the, the DAC situation is interesting because uh, I believe they are going to be like wrapping up that podcast now. So mm-hmm. this might be part of the reason why is because at the end of the day, you know, he, I'm sure the intention is like, let's talk good about this and like, let's hope for the best. But as the internet loves to do, they love to take something and spark it into a fire. So, you know, people are all of a sudden going, always oh, trying to angle him to get back, you know, and at the, at the end of the day, this has to just work itself out. Yeah, I, you know, I felt bad for Dax because he got a lot of shit for that because everybody reported on what he said on his podcast. And I, you know, I tweeted myself. I was like, dude, I don't want to hear anything else in terms of reports. Like, if Dax wants to say what he wants to say, it's his podcast. He does what he wants. But in terms of, like, every media outlet picking his words apart and basically saying, oh, he's angling for Punk to come back. And Punk, I don't, dude, I, I would like to be surprised. My mm-hmm. favorite part of pro wrestling is something that I didn't anticipate. Sometimes there's surprises that you just can't hold, like Punk coming back the first time, where basically AEW was like, fuck it. Like, there's nothing we can do. We're just going to lean into it. But other times, there's genuinely people that return or make surprise, like jump jumping over, like when Colin Danielson showed up, what was that, All Out? Yep. Was that? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was incredible. Would have been, we didn't yeah. expect them both. It was going to be, it was two years ago, was that All Out? And then the last All Out was uh, Cupcake Gate. Yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, how great was it seeing Moxley show up to the first double or nothing, right? Nobody anticipated that. Kel lost his bet because of that, his handshake <laughs> deal, dumbass. But I want to be genuinely surprised about stuff. I don't I don't want all these reports. So if it's Dax, if it's Cash, if it's the Elite, if it's Tony, like, please, don't, don't let this out. Like, if you're going to do it, just do it. I yeah. don't want to know about it until it happens. That's it. And it seems like, as far as uh, the the people who love to follow uh, the the leaves where they fall, uh, the sudden announcement of a show, uh, an AEW show in Chicago, before Forbidden Door, uh, has caught a lot of people's attention. Uh, and and there have been reports to be be like, hey, everyone, keep your eye on this like this show. This is something that you'll definitely want to note. So. This could be, I mean, everyone's going to be watching that show and everyone's going to be wondering if Punk is coming back at that show. Whether, like, whether people start reporting on the rumors or not, like, with all the news that's out there and just knowing it's in Chicago, that crowd is going to be, there are going to be CM Punk chants. There's going to be an anticipation of CM Punk. Um, And yeah, you just wonder if they can kind of, they can figure it out and and, and kind of mend the bridges here. And because, uh, yeah, again, an, an elite against cmftr is is money and with the busy summer season that they've got crazy so um and and not to mention not not to mention that it we'll talk about this i'm sure um we don't know what's going on with will osprey no and it felt like forbidden door would be the perfect time for osprey and kenny omega to have their rematch i think i pitched this on the show before like no i said on twitter if like if kenny omega and osprey have their rematch at forbidden door then you do the rubber match at wembley but if we don't know if, if Osprey is going to be healthy, seems like CM Punk and FTR is a nice little pivot for Kenny Omega. A hundred percent. And and uh, and it was announced that that uh, Osprey is in that like little tournament to go after Kenny Omega's IWGP Championship. So we'll see if that turns out, and maybe that is what happens at Forbidden Door, and then another you know a third match is placed elsewhere. We we don't know. Uh, there's so many different outcomes that we could see and and i feel like the 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 dominoes are are all shifting pieces especially between will osprey and cm punk so we 
We're just going to have to see how it all plays out. Everyone's favorite phrase. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. But, you know, let's talk a little bit about we're we're recording this before uh, AEW Dynamite uh, on April the 19th. So we're not going to talk about that episode. But there were some interesting things that happened in last week's Dynamite, particularly one return of Jeff Hardy, uh, which definitely drew everyone's attention. And everyone, I think, you know, I think there was. There was definitely excitement from what I was like taking a look at online, and and people were definitely happy to see him. But I think there's a lot of trepidation. What are your thoughts on Jeff Hardy? I mean, of course, mm-hmm. right? Like Jeff Hardy's, you know, issues outside of the ring are the reason why like Matt Hardy got stuck <laughs> with Ethan Page and all that nonsense. Like Matt Matt Hardy's been like purgatory without his brother, but Jeff can't stay on the right track, so. Yeah, I mean, rehab, whatever he goes through, every time we see Jeff Hardy come back, the the question now becomes, well, when is he going back in? Like, when when is he going back to rehab? When is he going to get another DUI? Can he stay out of trouble? And that's unfortunate. Like, as big as Jeff Hardy and the Hardy Boys have been over the years and everything that they've done that's been tremendous for this business, I wouldn't have been necessarily been sold back on the early Hardy Boys that Jeff would be this much of a headache. If if you go back to let's say the early two thousands, and you had asked me to pick between Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy, and which one would be the bigger fuck up, I would have picked Randy Orton. Mm. Like I'm talking about Randy Orton, like and he talks about how, but Randy Orton straightened up, and aside from injuries, he's been the model of consistency in pro wrestling, and Jeff Hardy has not. Uh, so yeah, I think everybody should meet this with trepidation. I feel like 
if you're Tony Khan, you're even looking like, how can I book long term with you if I don't know if you can stay out of trouble? You have faith that you will. But man, I'd love to see the Hardy Boys get another tag team run. Maybe not even for a title. But Matt ain't getting no younger. He's still trying to work. I don't I don't know. What, I, I think I've seen some reports that Jeff's not completely healthy. That he's dealing with some health issues. I don't know. It was good to see, but shit, I don't know how far this goes. Which is interesting. What about you? Yeah, he's scheduled to be in a group match tonight, so maybe that is to protect him. But like, if he's injured yeah. and he's already been gone, why bring him back now? I guess the timing of it is is what's interesting. And again, I think what the last time that we would have seen him was last double or nothing, correct? Uh, with yeah, the ladder match. The ladder match with was it a ladder match with uh with uh Wait, was it? With the Young Bucks, or was it just? I just remember Jeff diving off of the the to the outside and landing on the steps, flat back. Yes, I was like he's dead. Yeah, and 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 even in like that match in the aftermath, everyone was like, this was a little like everything seemed a little off with that match yeah. the entire night. Um, so you know we are we're gonna see what uh what what Jeff Hardy and and his return is with uh with everything AEW. So again, uh, you know, Jeff Hardy coming back, CM Punk coming back, a lot of interesting figures returning uh, in AEW. Uh, Darby Allen and MJF had a little promo off with a little help from it's Sting, our, our boy Sting. And Sting had his little pom-pom Jeez. promo. Um, and Sting, I think also really hit home with a lot of, uh, with a lot of people going like, you know, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be doing this. Which makes sense because there's only t- so many times that Sting can go recklessly throw himself off of something at uh, any given pay per view. <laughs> so he is right. no spring chicken. Um, so yeah, wh- like th- thoughts so far on kind of the the four pillars build uh, with with MJF and and kind of where where people are standing right now as far as you know should this continue to be a f- uh, a fatal four way or has someone separated themselves from the pack? I mean, I feel like Darby separated himself from the other, from Sammy and Jungle Boy for sure. Jungle Boy's in a weird spot. I think Jungle Boy came out like roses against Christian. But now in this feud, he's not as hot as he was. And it, you can see the distance between him and MJF. Sammy Guevara, I just... some We got to do something with Sammy. I think Sammy's an incredible talent. But character-wise, he doesn't fit with this. And... He got caught in a babyface promo and then tried to shift it to a heel promo and the fans sniffed it out and was like, boo, you fucked up, basically. Sammy's shouldn't be in this. It's Darby at this point. But even then, it's like, well, it kind of has to be a fatal four-way match because it feels like it's setting up. It's good for MJF to separate himself from the other three. Like you, ha- I feel like you have to do this. But do you do that double or nothing? Because I don't think it has the heat that they expected it to have. Um, and, they, and and we're going to talk about this, but AEW kind of burns through feuds really quick. And, you know, they don't even leave a lot of meat on the bone, but you it happens and you're like, all right, well, that's it. It's over. And that could be the conclusion of this. They could do this fatal four-way on some random, you know, Battle for the Belt special or some shit before Double or Nothing. I mean, we only have a month. Double or Nothing is right around the corner. But I don't know, man. Darby's Darby's been tremendous. It almost feels like after that promo, I was like, I kind of want to see Sting in MJF. <laughs> like, like I, we know Sting's got one right. last run in him, and uh, why not? Like the crowd will be 
like MJF is still getting cheers. It, it's hard to turn him completely heel. But I've said this before. If you beat the fuck out of Sting, you bloody him, you destroy him, you put him on the shelf and definitely put him in the hospital. Yeah, you're a heel. I don't know how well Sting could work for a full match with MJF, but I don't think I care. MJF's kind of beating everybody else that's in this four pillars match. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think it's as hot as they anticipated it to be. And it's getting difficult to keep, Jungle Boy and especially Sammy up to pace with what Darby and MJF are doing. Yeah, and yeah, I thought the yeah, the Sammy promo uh, from like the couple weeks pa- uh, prior was definitely super awkward, and 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 it's tough for Sammy to take the angle on like, oh well, MJF, you've been getting the help. When I was just like, um, you do see Chris Jericho, like, All and how that's been going, right? So you know. It's 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 difficult. I mean, ultimately, like if they do get to double or nothing, and it is a four way, that match is going to be terrific. There's no doubt about it. Oh yeah. I mean, again, <laughs> AEW bell to bell is amazing, and uh, yep. and at the end of the day, like we're gonna get there. But yeah, it definitely seems like favorites are starting. They're like as far as the horses in the race, we have some people starting to take the lead now, and. You know, I think Darby with with his with his uh, his TNT runs he's had, like he's definitely shown that he can he can be that guy, and and the crowd is definitely really yeah. behind him. So yeah, that I I, I want to see how they figure this thing out because again, double or nothing is about five weeks away. We so are getting there. You yeah. want to make sure this is yeah. It's like you want to make sure this feud is hot, like really hot, and. I feel like they keep trying with Jungle Boy, and it just it ain't clicking. Yeah. But I, the match, I think it'd be fine. But as we've seen with AEW, their problem is sometimes storytelling. Like, the yeah. journey to get to the match that we want to see, we're kind of left going, eh, is that how we got here? Yeah. Okay. Then right. the match happens. You go, that was great. And then it's like, well, what happens after? It's like, ah, here we go again. It's not great. So we'll stay the course. We're going to find out. And... um you know, I, I think, yeah, so as far as AEW is concerned, again, we're doing this before Wednesday night's Dynamite tonight. So, uh, you know, we'll move on to WWE here as we're in post-WrestleMania land. Uh, we are, I think a little bit of panic has gone down since the Raw after WrestleMania. Uh, you know, I think we all know that uh, one Vincent Kennedy McMahon, his fingerprints are on things. And... yes. They were very direct in that Raw after Mania, and 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 I think the shows have started to go back to a flow that we were kind of getting used to, for better or for worse. Um, how are you feeling about kind of the the, the just like that current state of that uh, like the WWE creative situation and the worry about Vince and how involved is he? How involved isn't he? Where do you kind of stand on that right now? I feel like as I'm watching like Raw. I feel like there's a tug of war happening mm. in like creative. Like I feel like it just it just comes off the screen to me that, that way. Like Vince has his edicts and the things that he wants to do, and Hunter has the things that he wants to do, and he's like kind of meet in the middle. Like the the return of Riddle was like, all right, yeah, I remember you know Solo Sokoa took him out, but I don't want him in this feud. Like I like why he was gone, the reasons that he's back. And then they didn't do a great job. It took him like a week to explain why Riddle's feuding with the bloodline. But he doesn't fit with the Sammy and Kevin aesthetic. 
So it, I don't like it at all. Um, and I, the booking's been a little wonky. So, for instance, Sammy and Kevin come back right after WrestleMania. Who are they wrestling on Raw? Street Profits. What? A babyface tag team that everybody likes? That doesn't keep you white hot as a babyface tag team. Should have been like the Viking Raiders or somebody. Riddle comes back, you're feuding with the Usos, and we're heading in the backlash, and I'm just kind of like, I don't know who's who's booking this shit because I don't like it. Like, I, I don't like where it's going. I'm not saying Kevin and Sammy have been completely cooled off, but it ain't as hot as it was when they were working to get those titles in the first place. And I think the, the feud with the bloodline should have remained with the Usos and Sammy and Kevin. Like, if Solo was going to feud with Riddle, I felt like they could have separated that somehow. Riddle coming to their age, it doesn't feel right. Um, the women's division is a fucking mess. Uh, the women's tag division is a disaster. Trish turning on Becky was like, what? Here? For what? Now? Damage Control can't win a fucking match. So I, I, I don't even know why they're still together at this point. Um... What do we got? Liv Morgan and Raquel as the tag team champions. It's like, all right, are you just figuring out a way to get it to Ronda and Shayna? Is that what we're doing here? I'm, I'm not pleased with. I don't, I don't like creative, but it feels like there's this back and forth that's happening. And uh, Cody and Brock mm-hmm. is a feud that I am, I, me personally, I'm very concerned about. Okay, because Cody coming out of Mania and accepting his loss despite being getting cheated to lose and basically saying i blew it and then he says it again and then brock nerfs him then he says it again i'm like wait a second all right (laughs) look i want to finish the story cody i want the hard times cody Rhodes. but if you're feuding with brock i don't know brock isn't the type of wrestler that you get over on bobby lashley did not come out of that feud any better he fucking won so if you're feuding, Brock's, Brock is really, to me, Brock and Vince are like the same person when it comes to this shit. Like, I'm going to get my shit in. You got to deal with the fallout. And if if Brock and Cody, even if Cody wins, I don't know if Cody's going to look good winning. I I would have saved this feud. I, I don't even know. You could have feuded with somebody else. Maybe feud. I don't know. I don't know. Feud with Solo. I don't know. I don't like this Brock feud. I didn't, They have too many baby faces on the roster. For one, and they turned Brock Hill, and I was like, all right, I guess that makes sense. But nobody comes out looking great against Brock Lesnar. Nope. Name the last person who came out looking great. Uh, it, It's not really, like, it's not really Roman, but that was, like, Roman's no. biggest test. But, like, nobody really looked good coming out of that. No. So what, what are we going to do with Cody? I, and we know it's not going to be a one-off. It's not going to just be a backlash, right? Like, you feel like it's going to be a, a longer program. Yeah. I, yeah, overall, I feel like WWE's not in a bad space, but it's in that space where before WrestleMania, when I said, yeah, Cody could lose, and there's a plan to get the title to Cody, maybe by SummerSlam or something else. Now I don't know if that's the case. I, I have no idea. I feel like there's a battle of the minds in WWE and how they're booking these shows. And yeah, like Gunther and I don't know what's going on with Gunther and He's well, like, I think Woods is trying to man. Woods is trying to hit a backwoods on him. I think is 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 what they're trying to it, do. It's so odd, right? Yeah. Like it's to pivot from Drew and Sheamus to Woods, and no disrespect to Woods, Woods is just kind of the odd man out with E being hurt and Kofi being hurt. He's just kind of dangling out there. But 
you got to find a way to heat up Woods first to deal with Gunther. And they haven't done that. Like, he beat L.A. Knight, who didn't need to lose. L.A. Knight needs some wins. This booking is really fucking weird. I don't know what's going on. And Backlash is, I mean, the Judgment Day and the Bloodline teaming up, that fells off. It's like Finn is, you know, Finn, (laughs) as he should be, is like, motherfucker, a turnbuckle beat me. Like, I'm not happy with you guys. I do not want to hang out. I do not want to kick it. And it's... And Edge is nowhere to be found. Right. It's weird. I mean, the Judgment Day as a whole, and we've spoken about it a billion times on this podcast, there's just an inherent problem, and I think, like, especially with, like, there's too many faces and not enough heels, but, like, the heels all lose all the time. And Judgment Day, all they do, other than Rhea, Rhea's the only one... Right. Like, at, at some point, it's like, Rhea, why are you even in this group? Like... Everybody, <laughs> everyone on your team just goes out there and takes big fat L's. Like, at some point, like, how can they, how can we treat them as formidable heels and formidable foes if they lose all the goddamn time? So it was almost Don't like we, it, having the Bloodline and Judgment Day do that segment on Raw was just so, like, it could, like, feel like the Bloodline took some L's because they never take L's either. So, like... I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's weird. It's bad. It, it's weird. And then you, a man without an island is Seth Rollins. Yeah. Seth Rollins just came out from beating Logan Paul, and he, he comes back, and it's like, he worked The Miz this week? It felt like, we've really got nothing for you, so go work The Miz. And The Miz is like, all I do is eat pins. And at a certain point, you got to go, well, how the fuck am I going to get over if I have no heels with any heat? Right. The bloodline has all the heat, right? And the tag champs just lost their titles. Roman's nowhere to be found. Solo is the enforcer, but we need some other heels. Brock don't count. Right. Somebody else has got to step up. And I and like there's Gunther, yeah, but man, it just feels like it's overwhelmingly babyface. Finn Balor desperately needs a win. There's no way in hell Judgment Day are gonna go over on Bad Bunny in Puerto Rico. Right. It's gonna be another loss for them. On the women's side, like I mentioned, it's like you turn Trish heel. You got Liv Morgan and Raquel with the titles, which I really don't give a fuck about. And Rhea, who's a heel, but kind of a baby face because we all like her. Like, they're in a weird, they're in a, this WrestleMania fallout has not been great. It, and for the people who were like, because I was part of the, let it play out crowd. And people would point at anything and be like, see, there was never a plan. I was like, I, I pretty much believe that Vince has showed up and just ruined everything. Yeah. Like, ah, I'm back. <laughs> all right, let's get some good shit in here. Let's make it happen. Yeah. I mean, do you think... Grapefruits. Yeah, do you think uh, Cody going uh, against Brock... Again, like, the second it all happened, and, like, the, uh, you, you know, like, the second all of those events happened, of him losing at Mania and then getting nerfed by Brock right after, like, the next day. Um, yeah. And then, and then Cody doing kind of the stupid baby face thing of oh yeah i lost i blew it when i also like i feel like a lot of the people who've gone against roman do that like they don't go like hey wait a second there were three other people who were trying there are four other people trying to cheaters they're cheaters and they cheat in every single defense of roman reigns like at some point like it's okay to bring that up and Cody, like, I feel like the mistake here was Cody needed to be like, I was robbed, right? Like, yeah. how can he not feel that way? And how does that not make him, like, more motivated to go? It Like, it feels like almost it's like 
yeah, the company told me to lose and I'm okay with it. And it's like, no, that's not what I want from you. And like, what happened to the kinship with Kevin and Sammy? They've completely divorced. Yeah. They're not even on screen together. They they went into WrestleMania helping each other out. And it's like Riddle replaced Cody. Riddle's not stronger than Cody in this. Like the Brock, first of all, the, the Brock turn was poorly done. That was your big surprise for the Raw after Mania. It was poorly done. Like a lot of people were shocked, but then it's just like, well, it's Brock Lesnar. He's never really been a baby face to begin with. You just like him in a cowboy hat. Whatever. But yeah, Cody should be like, hey, what the fuck? Like his promos every week should be what the fuck? Where's my rematch? Right. Fuck you. Where's my rematch? I don't Brock beat it. Scram. I want my rematch with Roman. Like th- there should be some passion there rather than saying, well, what do you guys want to talk about? Me losing again? Right. I fucked up. I don't I don't need that from Cody. Cody's so much better than that. That they feel like they're dimming his light with this Brock feud. And the Brock feud to me could have started if you were keeping Cody away from Roman, let's just say you were keeping Cody away from Roman past SummerSlam. Well, then Cody and Brock is your SummerSlam match. It's April. Give Cody another feud because he needs to win to get some momentum back. But you have no heels because who the fuck is he going to work? The Miz? Who is he going to work? They, 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 they've painted themselves into a corner. Now they're realizing like, oh, my God, we have nobody for these baby faces to work with. Nobody. Right. Everything goes through the bloodline. At least you could have heated up Judgment Day and it would have felt like there was a secondary faction that was that was a threat. They're doing it the, and we're getting ready to do this draft in a couple weeks. I really have no fucking clue what's gonna happen. I don't think they know. I think it's gonna be one of those things. If anybody's listed like Grillin JR or Bruce Pritchard show, a lot of talent don't know till the day of that they're switching brands. They have no idea. Some of them got to be sitting on pins and needles going, yo, (laughs) we might not be on this brand anymore. And really, what does a draft mean if there's no real brand split? Who gives a fuck? And it's like, yeah, it's like we're just going to move some pieces for the sake of moving pieces. So it's just like, what, uh, Gunther's going to go to Raw now and just beat up everybody over there? Like, the brand split thing, has, it's it's something they've, they've kept going, and it's never felt like it's ever really been advantageous for anything. And it doesn't help no. anymore that, like, again, bef- before when they did the brand split, the belts were separate. But yeah. we... we, ner- we we boosted one champ to the moon and we crushed another one, whoever was holding basically the other belt where like, that was like a consolation prize at some point that now it kind of makes it like, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense for them to have like such distinct like brand splits and they cross over all the time anyways. So like it's so, it feels so arbitrary at this point that, that it's not serving a narrative purpose. So it's like, why do it in the first place? I would love for the brand split to be an actual brand split. Like I've always been an advocate for one champion at top. And that could be Roman Reigns. I'd be totally fine with him floating between brands, but your other main champions would be Austin theory on raw and Gunther on SmackDown. And if they, if they create an element that suggests that these champions, the longer they hold this title, eventually they're going to get to Roman. 
whether it's Gunther or Theory, like the longer that they establish that they should be main eventing on SmackDown and Raw, respectively, they should really hold down the fort and make it their show. But you got to separate the rest of the talent. Like the bloodline, Roman can float. You can make an excuse that the Usos could have floated because they would have been the undisputed tag titles. That would have made sense. But now it's like, I, who cares? Yeah. Like who, who, who cares? Again, great to see Shinsuke Nakamura back. What is he doing? Right? Like, who's he going to feud with? There's no heels. Right? The last time we saw Nak before this whole Muda thing, there was a period of time where we were like, hey, Nakamura and Roman Reigns could be a good feud after that gauntlet match. And they were just like, nah. But if you if you split the brands and you elevate a number one contender from each brand and put them in position to challenge Roman for the title, that could be fun. They just don't commit to anything. Yeah, I always talk about Tony Khan not committing, and I, I still hold true with that because I think he's waffled on a lot of things. But the, the WWE is a uh, commit to a brand split. Make me feel like when somebody goes to a show, I can't see him unless I watch him on SmackDown. Oh, Montez Ford is on Raw. All right. Then I can't turn on SmackDown. He can't pop up and do a run in. I don't want to see that. Right. They're on two different shows. And it's like they love the they love the like return pop. You can create kind of quasi return pops by doing that by being like, oh well, we did bring a special guest in here. Oh my god, for a Monday Night Raw. And I feel like they the initial idea was that, and they tried that, and they just haven't. Oh, they stuck bastardized with it. it, and they haven't yeah. stuck with it at all. Because at some point, whose line is it anyway? Everything was made up, and the points don't matter. So, like, yep. at this point, it really is just kind of like it's a shill. It's to go like, hey. We have a draft. You know what's popular in sports? Drafts. People love the NFL draft, which obviously this is taking place around. People love the NBA draft. They love they love the idea of people getting drafted. So it, at some point it just ends up being like a marketing stunt, uh, but it doesn't really serve any purpose. So, yeah, the draft is, yeah, imagine, draft uh, is interesting. Imagine Bryce Young gets drafted to the Panthers, and then on, you know, after – three preseason games he shows up on week one he's throwing for the texans you're like well, what the fuck just happened we have hey, a new quarterback special, dun, 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 dun. yeah special guest bryce young like what the fuck are we doing like <laughs> it's a draft i own him he stays on this show teams don't share players yeah aaron judge drafted by the yankees oh my god that's his music he's batting third for the red sox what the fuck are you doing like split the brands yeah commit to it commit to Stay it with a long term you got, yeah you got more than enough talent to fill out both rosters and as we saw before like the early early brand split with like the smackdown six you elevated a lot of people that didn't have an opportunity when the brands were smashed together because fucking john cena and edge were on every goddamn show every week every week you can split the brands you can elevate people they have an opportunity to perform but not like this they got to figure that shit out yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what kind of comes next for 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 the brands here with the draft and 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 with backlash. Uh, pre- pretty close. It's what in a couple weeks, May May sixth, I think. So yeah, or as Cody called it, WrestleMania backlash, and everyone was very confused for hot second, which I think technically <laughs> is what it's called. Um, that's what it was called. Yeah, that's what it was. I mean, that, it was the backlash of WrestleMania. It was like the whole concept of of the show. So. Um, you know, yeah. Do you? I, the last question I'll do. Well, uh, apparently Scott Steiner's coming into the podcast here because there's sirens in the back <laughs> here. Um, uh, thirty three percent chance. Um, so 
the last question I will have as far as WWE is concerned, because we have to bring it up. The idea of Cody Rhodes, he's feuding with Brock. Would it change anything if he had the belt, if he did win? If he was champion of feudal with Brock and that's his first feud? So it's a good question. I'm on two sides of this. It sounds like a great feud, right? Like, oh, you feud with Brock. But let's just say you beat Brock. Well, now what? Yeah. <laughs> like, you beat Roman, you beat Brock, you retire. There's nothing left for me to do, right? Like, there's literally nothing, nobody, nowhere to deal with it. So, yeah, if Cody was champ, it sounds good in theory that's your first feud, but in reality, it's, it's not a great feud, it, even if he was a champ. Again, they just haven't done a great job building the mid-card heels. They just haven't. No. And they haven't. Somebody like L.A. Knight should be getting a boost. What the fuck is Bobby Lashley doing? Feuding with, uh, who's he feuding with? Bronson Reed. Yep. All right, so, all right, cool. But I just saw him win a trilogy with Brock Lesnar and, not even that, we're not even talking about it. And 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 at least like they're trying okay. to heat up Bronson Reed for a while. He was just there, and it was like, right. what are we doing with him? It's uh, carrying cross all over again, right? Where, oh god, carrying cross is is back, and now we're doing nothing with him. And and now we have like uh, obviously there, there's some iffy stuff as far as WWE is concerned with uh with Drew McIntyre future kind of up in the air the contract situation he 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 kind of blacked out his twitter he's not showing up anywhere uh becky lynch got everybody all up in a tizzy when she took away the name put a real name back up on twitter yeah. so it seems like drama's afoot ba- bailey also a little bit of drama there too like it doesn't seem like everyone's totally thrilled with what's going on seth rollins obviously he's got to voice some things but that's also kind of his character too so who knows you got to think it, it. I mean, all of this happens directly after Endeavor's purchase of the WWE and Vince is brought back into power. And all this shit is happening is not a coincidence. Hmm. It's not. It can't. It, you can perceive it as such if you really want to, but no. Becky going back to Rebecca Quinn on Twitter. Could it be like some kayfabe, like, ah, to few with Trish? Sure. But her, her Drew, Bailey, the way the booking's been on television. Something ain't right, and I don't think talent is happy because reports. So talent had never been happier when Vince was gone. They fit, felt happy to come to work. They could be creative again. Now it feels like they're showing up to work, and they're like, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. It feels like what was once once an eight-week plan is now a week-to-week plan. You don't know if you're going to be on TV next week. Oh, shit, I'm in catering again? Thanks. <laughs> like, that's what it feels like. And it's, uh, and it, yeah, it's that know. case. It's like, you have to be, hey, you got to be there. Cause you never know when your number is going to be called. And then, yeah, you just sit there eating, eating food and just hanging out. Um, or you do it for story purposes in which, you know, the, the, uh, Kevin and Sammy are getting their ass kicked and, you know, Cody's just grabbing, grabbing some, you know, grabbing some greens back there. Uh, he's good. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't need to help them anymore. They got riddle. They're good. Uh, the, yeah, the riddle just, the situation is, is very interesting to see him kind of vaulted immediately into one of if not the top feud in uh in wwe right now uh which is very awkward spot for him to be you know what riddle feels like to me right now mm. jungle boy a little bit feels like jungle boy like yeah we like him we, we do we, we like riddle but right here in this spot mm, spotlight's too big for him right here it yeah. just it don't feel right jungle boy dealing with mjf he feels like mm, not now he's not he's not that guy right now 
And Riddle's whole existence had surrounded Randy Orton for so long. And yeah, he goes away and he comes back. But it was like, when did he have this momentum to be like a main event guy? Right. I just, I didn't see it then. And I've always said Riddle needs an edge, which he hasn't had. And Cody and, I mean, Cody, Sammy and Kevin have had an edge about them as of late. And then the bloodline story is just kind of like fluttering. Yeah. Because we haven't seen Roman. I I don't know, man. Yeah, and I, and I feel like we did have so many was so good, dude. Yeah. So many was so good. We, and did, we didn't I don't think we've really capitalized off of the the Jay situation as as they could have cuz Royal Rumble was no. one of those moments that was like an all-timer and um him kind of now just like going back into the fold and it almost kind of feels like nothing happened when like no, no, something happened, Jay. And every once in a while, they'll allude to it. And, like, Sammy will talk to Jay. But, like, it's it feels like we're, like, conveniently forgetting about it. And then it sounds it's going to feel like in a couple months we're going to, like, conveniently remember it again. It's just a little convenient. But um, it, feels like, it feels like Vince sends a script. Yeah. Or changes to the script. And Hunter goes, I got to sneak this back in here. And he sneaks in there. And Vince is like, I didn't write that. And Hunter's like, hey, hey, got to keep it alive. So, yeah. it, again, that's why I feel like there's this power struggle because it's nothing cohesive. Yeah. Again, WrestleMania, those two nights of WrestleMania, especially night one, were incredible. Yeah. It felt like we were on to something. It felt like Triple H's first WrestleMania was was gold. Then we go into night two, and hours before night two, the Endeavor mergers reported, and then night two was solid, not as good as night one, and then Raw fucking stinks. And from that point on, the wheels have been shaky as hell for what felt like a very solid vehicle. Now it feels like you need a tune-up. Or yeah. you got to get that you got to get that driver, that impaired driver out of that driver's seat. Uh, get him yeah. out of there. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see where it goes on on the road to backlash here. We'll we'll see kind of where the where the pieces fall. I think uh let's let's finish up on some odds and ends uh, around the wrestling world. Uh because I think it's worth bringing up our friends over at Impact Wrestling uh yeah. with the unfortunate situation that occurred with Josh Alexander uh and Mickey James both crazy both getting injured at the same time um, and and having to relinquish the belts, but we've got a we've got two new champs at the top, and it's the power couple, Steve Macklin, who uh, we've definitely we've seen Impact really start to kind of heat him up into kind of like the the, the next kind of heel guy that they that they want kind of run running ship, and I think him and Alexander was going to be something pretty spectacular. So it, it is unfortunate yeah. that Alexander got hurt. Uh, and Deanna Perrazzo again is, is a uh, knockout champion, which I mean, she is one of, she's, she's my favorite going and she is one of the best that is, that is, that is going in, in any women's division. So her being at the top age of the virtuosa is back. Um, what do you think about uh, kind of how, how impact kind of reacted to, uh, the situation with both their champs having to relinquish titles and, and how Rebellion went. I mean, look, man, we, we talk about Tony Khan having some shitty situations. He ain't never had to lose both his champs. That's true. Getting into the same pay-per-view. That's nuts. Um, They have something with Macklin. They have something special with Macklin. If, judging by how they handled the, you know, Scott DeMore getting beat up after he wouldn't put the belt around him, you can turn him into a nuclear heel. And if they go with Aldis, who I think is one of the more underrated wrestlers on this planet, I think Nick Aldis is incredible. He's a great babyface. If Macklin just beats Aldis and then like turns up this heel, by the time Josh Alexander comes back, you have a great, great rivalry for the title that Josh Alexander never got pinned to lose. The longest reigning Impact Champion of all time. 
That's fantastic. Deanna Perrazzo, on the other hand, it never felt like she should have lost the belt in the first place. Right. Because she's really that good. So her getting it back, I I want to say I was a little surprised. I kind of felt like they were going to go with Jordan Grace at the, in this spot. But I ain't mad at this. Deanna Perrazzo, she's a fantastic wrestler. Like, to think the WWE had her and just let her slip through their fingers sucks. But good for Impact because, again, their knockouts division is incredible. They headlined with the women, which, in my opinion, was the right decision. I thought Kushida and Macklin was great, but we kind of knew who was going to win that match. Yeah. And Kushida, as much as I've always loved Kushida in New Japan, his NXT run wasn't great. He's on the back nine of his career, right? He can still deliver a great match, but it's not like the Takahashi matches back in the day. Right. It's not like anything like that. So it was a good match with Macklin, whereas Deanna Perrazzo and Jordan Grace Impact has put women ahead of everybody else, and they've done this routinely. So I thought, I thought as a whole, Impact handled it well. Uh, the X Division match for the, the tag titles was great. Um, I could have done without the uh, the Bully Ray and Tommy Dreamer match. Like Tommy looked like he was really struggling in that match. Yeah, you know that that, that 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 feud has been a very very interesting kind of kind of wrinkle within the impact booking it's definitely yeah. not the thing that i've been looking forward to watching anytime that uh no. that that i go to impact so hopefully this is some kind of conclusion that they finally get to uh we'll see, we'll see. um but yeah i think yeah again like that that the knockouts division in impact is far and away just like i feel like they they are the most consistent in terms of booking and in terms of the talent just being really, really good and, and the quality of the matches that they have there are so good. Um, so if you definitely owe it to yourself that if you are a wrestling fan and you want to see you want to see like women's wrestling at like the very, very top and see it pushed the way you want to see it pushed, Impact's doing it the right way. So big shout out to them. 100%. And yeah, big, big shout out to Macklin. And we'll see... We'll see where they go next. Uh, you know, I think Alexander had one of the best babyface runs that that we've seen from a champion in a long time. Where it didn't matter if yep. he was going against a heel or another babyface, it was just like the guy got over with the work, and people were just excited yep. to see Josh Alexander matches because those matches just they just they just had it. Um, All the which time. which is it's hard it's hard to do. So, uh, yeah, big. Uh, Big shout outs to them. Um, and then the last thing I want to touch on, you know, I think uh, Will Ospreay put out a little video on Twitter um, kind of commenting on his health and kind of having that realization that, you know, his runway, because of the style he's wrestled, um, is not necessarily going to be, you know, that much longer. You know, he's not going to be one of those guys that stays around forever, right? Um, what do you think of that? And, and, and do you think, like, I guess, like, you know, without opening up a complete can of worms here, because I'm sure we can go down the rabbit hole of, like, oh, like, that style is very dangerous, and it's not just him. It's not just Osprey, but there are so many people who go that far. Um, I, I even think about, like, the ladder match at, at the Ring of Honor pay-per-view, where, I mean, the, the stuff they were doing in that match was super dangerous, and we saw it result in a, in a pretty severe injury. Um, so kind of thoughts on on that and and kind of you know where will like because i feel like will osprey's legacy is really starting to like round into form where people are really before it was like oh will osprey's good but he's punk you know now it's like will osprey yeah. like 
is a is a mainstay in wrestling and has been the past five five uh, plus years. Yeah, I mean, I feel like again, I've told this, I think I've told this on the podcast a few times. My dad used to yell at me, "Stop jumping on your knees." You're gonna, your knees aren't, when you get older, you're going to hate that. And you don't listen as a kid. I can do this forever. And one day you wake up and all your knees are popping and your back's popping. You're like, oh, shit, I should have listened to my dad. I feel like Will Ospreay's had that moment. I think people have told him before, man, you don't got to do all that. You don't. You don't. We love it, but you're killing yourself out there. And now he's realizing, as I think, is Osprey 30 yet? I don't even know if he's 30. I'm going to check that right now. But as he as he's getting up there in age and supposedly hitting his prime years, he's hitting his injury prone years where he can't perform at the same rate that he did before. And I think he's realizing that it's a cautionary tale to all wrestlers who go balls to the wall night in and night out. Look, I love GCW. I love what they do. But those motherfuckers are maniacs. They do it every week. And at some point, it's going to catch up with you. Now, on the other side of this. Injuries happen all the time off the most. Mundane moves. The most routine things that you do. Yeah, I mean, look, Finn Balor had to give up the Universal title because Seth Rollins did a routine buckle on. And he did the sting and almost cost him his career. And it's like routine. He does it all the time. When he tried, I mean, staying on the top of Rollins, went to do a routine powerbomb on Kane, blew his knee out, and was gone. Sometimes these injuries just happen. There's nothing you could do about it. But you can lower the risk without doing these death-defying moves week in and week out. Right. I think Will Ospreay is kind of learning that. And you save it for these special moments. Yes, you can still have a great match. I think Ospreay's also figured that out in his career lately. Like, you don't need, like, 12 Poison Ranas. Right. You can do one and make sure it means something. And the rest of this match, you can just wrestle and work. And he does well with that. But now... He's done so much of this balls to the wall shit over the years that it's it, his body's saying, hey, I need a break. And it sucks. And I think other wrestlers should listen to older wrestlers who used to do all the flippy shit. And one day they was like, you don't need all that flippy shit. Just make it matter. And yeah. that's the, I think that's the lesson to be told. And hopefully Osprey can get back to health because his match with Kenny Omega is still, I think, my favorite match this year. So let's do it again. I just need you to be healthy to do it. Yeah, me too. Uh, that is still that's still my match of the year. Uh, and 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 knowing that like the competition for that as match of the year is their rematch, uh, whether they get yeah. another one or two more before the year is yeah. out. So yeah, and 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 I would tend to agree, right? Like injuries are a part of of everything, right? And like even in regular sports, like you could be doing like a just a routine in basketball, a, just like a routine dribble move, and the the leg just gives out. Like freak shit happens. Um, and it is unfortunate, and I, you know, we all root for the safety of of uh, of all these competitors and, and and all the wrestlers because at the end of the day, what they do is super dangerous, and definitely. At the same time, though, it is eye catching, right? I mean, we saw Vikingo twice in the span of four hours, and he wrestled both matches like a crazy fucking maniac, and it was yeah, uh, it's a sight to behold, you know. And already, there's plenty of people going like, you know, Vikingo's got to dial it back and it's like live by the sword die by the sword right so you know i think there's always going to be those wrestlers that come through and want to push the limits and at the end of the day like it's the only way that the industry is going to get better right so you need the crazy you need the crazy maniacs uh sometimes the crazy maniacs who do the flippy shit and then sometimes the crazy maniacs who want to dump water on kids so you know uh what (laughs) then that's that's a whole other bag of of beans with with mjf but like again what he's doing with his promo work and everything there is so groundbreaking and and so eye-catching that anytime he talks everybody listens so 
Um, okay. You know, I, I think that that kind of wraps up. I think where we're at with 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 wrestling so far. So you know, and and I think you know, right now it's we're we're back on the road to just more pay per views. AEW's got a really busy summer coming up here, and uh, you know, I, I think. Uh, it's it's going to be an interesting time once we get to Vegas, and we're going to see what other matches have to have to kind of work themselves out. Because I still think we know we we know kind of the first couple, but we'll see what happens. So in the meantime, everybody, sure. in the meantime, everybody, follow the Corner Podcast on Twitter. Follow Andreas Hale. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Follow Kelly Dansby. Do all the things. I can't remember all of the all of the it's like the handles off the top <laughs> of my head because I normally don't do this, but I'm trying my best substituting in here for Kel. So uh, hopefully, uh, Andreas, I know it's going to be a month or so, and I'll be back in Vegas, so I'm looking forward to that. I, I want to do another Anarchy in the Arena. They better do it. I better hear Wild Thing the entire time. Uh, but in the meantime, my friend, uh, hopefully hopefully uh, the tank and Ryan uh, fever uh, is going to, it's going to shut down the city here for a little bit, so hopefully you guys get through that yeah. with your sanity. We'll see. I'll do my best. <laughs> he will do his best. But uh, everyone, everyone follow the Corner Podcast. And uh, until next time, we're out. Peace.